Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Guys, welcome to Cavs the Blog, the podcast. I'm John Krolik. I am the founder of Cavs the Blog. And with me here, I have the first hire I ever made, uh, Mr. Tom Pestak. Say hi, Tom. Yo, how's it going, guys? All well. And our current editor-in-chief, uh, Mr. Nate Smith. How's it going, Nate? Uh, going well. I'm part of a T-editorial board, but uh, I appreciate the... Uh, the uh the, the props there so are you not yeah, if you're the editor-in-chief we're in trouble yeah uh, we have uh, we have an editoriat we have a we have a four-person editorial board I, is kind of how we but you just you just made up a word <laughs> oh but we have a commentariat that's not a word i uh, think that uh, became a word at some point yeah, i don't think i don't think that's a word either um <laughs> it's probably but, yeah, but, I think I think the only people I directly hired were Tom and Colin. Yep. Uh, I might be wrong. I think I, I hired Myler directly too, because <laughs> he thought I thought for two reasons. Because he was the first person to do the podcast, and I thought there was a decent chance that he'd be a woman and like add some like diversity. <laughs> but I wasn't like, like I'd want to ask directly if he was a woman or not. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, you got it was like a bit of a right. <laughs> I'm not gonna say which one. <laughs> you were one for two. 
No, like there are not that many really good female like like uh, people on the blog. There's like no. Sirat. And, yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, we've got Brianna. Oh, that is funny. Us, right? Yeah. Yeah. We have Brianna. Uh, we, we have some is... female readers. Uh, TV sixty three is a. Oh yeah, TV sixty three is a uh, long time commenter of uh, the female persuasion. I don't I don't know her preferred gender pronouns, but uh, I don't go to read or oh. Oberlin, so I don't okay. I don't have to do that. John, that's funny you say that because I remember um, when Mallory started and he was getting killed in the comments section, and I kind of felt like. Hey, let's go easy on this girl that just started blogging. And so I, I remember, I remember um, reaching out to Mallory on like G Chat and being like, "Hey, you know, just keep doing what you're doing. I thought your piece was great and all that." And then you know, Mallory started talking about his girlfriend, but I just thought, okay, this, this girl has a girlfriend. Well, it is a like, girl into basketball, cool. you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, we might need to just start over. No, 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 this is great. I started the thing, and then I hired, like, I hired two or three people the most. Then you guys started multiplying like rabbits. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. well I wasn't looking. But uh, let's get into it. We're, uh, we're, we are 22 games into the 82-game season. And uh, first topic, let's talk about our biggest uh, surprises of the early season, one positive and one negative. Uh, you guys know mine because we do talk when we are not uh, podcasting. So let's start with you, Tom. So my biggest pleasant surprise I found out uh, this weekend when I was listening to the Hey Windy podcast, and that is that LeBron was feeling so good going into training camp in the start of the season that he opted not to get one of those injections for his back that he's gotten I know he got it last season. Maybe he's gotten it the last couple. Um, so I believe that is I guess he's feeling as good as he's felt. Uh, he's feeling as good as he's felt in a really long time. And um, so watching him, you know, pass all these guys on the all time scoring list and then passing people on the all times assist list, playing 40 plus minutes on the second night of a back to back. And he's the guy with the freshest legs. I mean, Kyrie Irving's you know, kind of got dead legs and, um, uh, you know, Richard Jefferson looks very old at times now. And LeBron looks like he's turned back the clock a couple of years all of a sudden. So uh, that's my biggest pleasant surprise. My, my biggest negative, I would say, is Mike Dunleavy. Um, you know, I, I didn't think he would be quite as valuable as Della Vadova had become, but I thought he could replicate some of that production and be kind of a feisty defender. And I always liked that he seemed to play pretty well without the ball in Chicago. So I thought, okay, and you know, another guy that can uh, use those pin down screens and things like that to get open. But he just looks lost and he looks very unhappy. And maybe I just don't know Mike Dunleavy and he just always has this very depressed look on his face. But he didn't even smile in the Rick Astley video. <laughs> so he's, uh, I think he's been the the I mean, if you don't count Mo Williams and whatever's going on with that, I would say that uh, Dunleavy's my the biggest negative so far. Um, just be- before you get to your, uh, before I get to you, Nate, I just want to piggyback off the point that Tom made. And it's something I've said that like on Twitter and stuff like that. That 
But when you look at LeBron, I mean, we think of him as a 31-year-old guy. But the only active players that have played more regular season minutes than him are Jason Terry, who's a free – no, he's he's not a free agent, but he's – I forget who he's on right now, but he's pretty much done. Andre Miller, who's a free agent. Joe Johnson, who's and, – and Vince Carter, who are both role players at this point, decent role players. Paul Pierce, who's kind of done. And Dirk, who unfortunately is kind of done, because I really like Dirk. Um, but and then that's it. That that's the entire list. Jason I'm surprised Terry's Joe Johnson has yeah. played more regular season games than LeBron. Minutes. Yeah, and not by that. Long. Not by okay. that long. So not even uh, okay. uh, Jamal Crawford. No, Jamal Crawford's down. He's way down. Yeah, he's well, he down. Had a lot at, of seasons uh, where he didn't play like more than twenty twenty five minutes. No. Jamal Crawford has played more regular season minutes than Larry Bird. Wow. That's one of the crazy things when, you know, it's, uh, when, you know, people are talking about top fives and stuff now. It's like, LeBron's already played more than Larry Bird. Like, it's crazy how much basketball he has played. Yeah. No, he's, uh, he's an absolute freak of nature. Like, <laughs> wow, Joe, Joe and Johnson. He spends a million and a half dollars a year on his body. I mean, that's something that's really encouraging if you're a Cavs fan. But uh, and on to your positive surprise, Tom. You mean Nate? Nate? Did, <laughs> um, did, I, did I start with Nate? No, you started, I start with? You started with Tom. Did he name his positive surprise? Oh yeah, yeah. He did. Le- yeah he did Le- LeBron's health. Okay. All right. Yeah. Nate. Uh, I'm going to say my my positive surprise, uh, definitely uh, Iman Booby Shumpert. Um, <laughs> his his shooting's been off the charts. Uh, he really came into sh- camp in really good shape. I mean, he definitely looks you know at least 15 pounds uh, lighter cut. Uh, really getting to the rim well. He doesn't always finish well. Uh, he had a shacked in a fool moment a couple games ago where he took five steps and blew the dunk. Um, but his shooting's been off the charts. He uh, He's doing a passable job at, at backup point guard. Um, and I didn't think with as bad as he played in stretches last year, we were going to – I thought the Cavs were going to be trying to unload that contract. And there was a lot of talk in the offseason of, you know, is – Iman Shumper got too much going on off the court. Is he more worried about that kind of stuff than what's going on on the court? And he has been great this year. I mean, everything I've well, seen, he's been really good. So I was actually about to say, you know, off the court, we know who his workout partner is. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> yes, that is true. Uh, what is Chris Webber talks her name? about every broadcast. Tiana Taylor. Uh, Tiana Taylor, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, uh, Chris Weber in love with Tiana Taylor. Chris Weber can't watch a cast. He wants to bring it up like every broadcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. slightly disturbing. Um, yeah, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah, and, he's like he's not the real athlete in the family, and then like no one in the booth bites on it, and then like he'll say yeah. it again, and they're like, no, no, like we're not going to talk about like Tiana yeah. Taylor. Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm not even going to so. do Dunleavy as a negative. Um, I, I kind of thought coming into the season, it was he's either going to be good or that back surgery is just he's not going to be able to recover from it. You saw Mike Miller 
uh, was never the same after his back surgery. Um, and he had kind of lost a step to begin with. Uh, I think, didn't Wally Zerbiak have some back issues before he really started going downhill? Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, he... Just, well, I, I think he had Wally, issues. Wally was a weird case, if you... I mean, we can talk about Wally. It was just sort of... Uh, a phrase I mean, no later. one has said in five years, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, if you were you were the only running a block. <laughs> hey, I was I was on quite a bit then, so I remember talking Wally. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, it just, that's, it happens. Guys get old and you don't know when the other shoe is going to drop. And no matter how well you take care of yourself, it's genetics and it's luck. So, and it's, and it's conditioning. And if one of those three doesn't go in your favor, you know, you're, you're playing career cut short. And that's just the way it is. And you can't blame the guy. It's it's not his fault. By all accounts, he's done everything to do he can do to get back in shape. But I don't know. My bigger uh, complaint, uh, I'm I'm not loving the K Felder experience. I don't I don't think that he's gonna fit on the Cavs. How dare you? Oh man! You know who no, I'm no, talking no. And, to and right I now? I don't think it's because he's not a good player. I think the problem is. He has got to play to get better, and the minutes aren't there, and the Cavs aren't going to have the patience to develop him uh, the way he needs to play minutes to get better. Because when you're that size and when you're playing in the NBA, and I made a comment today on the blog, I said, if Isaiah Thomas had gone to a loaded team, would he have developed into the player he was? I mean, the Kings kind of had no other choice but to play him between injuries and you know lack of depth at the point guard spot. Is that true, though? Didn't huh? they have a bunch of point guards at that time? Uh, they had he Darren just stood Collison. Out. I think that was about it. Well, they had Tyreek Evans still, right, at that time? Yeah, but he wasn't really... I, th- I think they stopped playing. All right, so what's today's date? It is the 12th uh, of... 12-12. 12-12, okay. So last year at this time, Kay Felder's team was playing Toledo. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying... I mean, the guy no, needs no, no, real no, running I'm, in an NBA game. Yeah, to support your point, it's just a huge adjustment, not only size-wise, but he's coming from the horizon. Mm-hmm. You know, on in oh, this is 2015. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, 2015. It's still 2015. Like on 12, 12, 2015, K. Felder put up 34 points against Toledo. Don't knock the Horizon League, man. That's produced uh, hey, uh, uh, Norris Cole, Cole uh, uh, Shelvin Mack, Cleveland's own Vitaly Potapenko. Hey, the Wichita some, State Chalkers, man. And uh, Tony Bennett, who played in the NBA and is now the coach of the Virginia Cavaliers with Wisconsin right. Green Bay. There's a there's a, a long history of proud NBA talent coming out of the Horizon. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There is, but, I mean, but you hear it, it's an adjustment. Yeah, and and I hear what Nate's saying. You know, this is a team with championship aspirations, and they might not have time to make that adjustment. So yeah, let him I just make don't that, think he's going to get the playing time he needs on the Cavs. That's a, so. That's here's the funny thing: I was just looking up that particular Sacramento Kings roster from 2013, 2014. Okay, they gave minutes to 23 distinct players that season. <laughs> Are you kidding me? The well, list, this list of players is incredible. Royce White. 
was on I, that team. I forgot. He, I, I didn't know he ever played uh, in an NBA minute. He played three minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, but, I mean, that might have been I, the I only the whole deal with him was he wasn't <laughs> Uh, that he just never reported for a team. That's actually interesting. Yeah. Royce White's tag is Highway 30, his Twitter handle. <laughs> I remember that. Because he doesn't fly, he always drives. I guess, yeah. I guess. Wow. Chuck Hayes, is he still in the league? Remember no. Chuck Hayes? He was like the he's six out. foot five center. Yeah, he's <laughs> oh, yeah. out. He was on a squad last year. year but... He had a. I wrote about the New York Times for him, actually, I remember. Uh, he had some years where he was like legitimately good. Oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't just like rebounding and like having fun. Like, like he put up like uh, yeah, defensively. He put up like eighteen eighteen where he shot like fifty two percent, like made his free throws. Yeah, and averaged three assists a game somehow. Oh man. Yeah. Well, Wikipedia lists him as retired. He's thirty three, so yeah, he's not pl- playing right now. Yeah. yeah, he played two. He played twenty four minutes last year. Yeah, and he well, and it was sa- in Sacramento. He did a sign and retire. Wait, so. Sacramento? Their arena is called the Sleep Train Arena. That that yes, is correct. Is. That is too perfect. You've never know, you didn't know that? It's been that I way. I thought for like it was three called years. like Arco or something. No, it no, was that's, Arco. That's their own and Maloof's own it. Owned it. Well, who owns yeah, it now? Vivek Ranadiv. Oh, and Vlade uh, Divac. Yeah, the worst owner, just, one of the worst owners in pro sports. Or is he the GM? Or is but, Kevin Johnson GM? No, Kevin Johnson. Vivek Ranadiv was a genius at middle school girls basketball. <laughs> I mean, do you not know what I'm referring to? This is like a whole thing. Yeah, no, uh, I do know what you're referring to, yeah. Yeah, this is like, uh, he's in Malcolm Gladwell's Outliers. And he was like, I guess I should own an NBA team now. Uh, <laughs> wow yeah he's uh yeah he is uh that team's a mess and yeah, i was surprised actually when simmons had mark human cuban and and uh malcolm gladwell he had them on a show at the same time and i was surprised he didn't go to gladwell and cuban and be like all right like let's talk about a tech billionaire nba owner who malcolm gladwell talked to about like let's talk about your boy vivek um, we're actually a little disappointed by that. Uh, so I think that would have been genuinely interesting. I'm not even trying to be that snarky. Uh, but all right, are we getting to me now? Right. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So that was that was my K Felder, and I just don't think the minute. I don't think he's going to get the playing time he needs with the Cavs. So. And uh, yeah, that, now it's you. All right. My biggest positive surprise has been that uh, Kevin Love is sort of back in the conversation as, like, best power forward in the NBA. Here, here. Uh, I think we'd all – and I think we were sort of fine with him, like, not putting up the numbers. And it's like, it's okay. He does the little things. He stretches the floor. He, he throws the outlet passes. He cleans the glass and all that. But I, I'm looking at his numbers now, and he's a monster. Yeah. His true shootings, 61.4%. That's ahead of LeBron and Kyrie. Uh, it's pretty much ahead of any other power forward in the league. His rebound rate, right back up at the top. Um, he's just, it's not just because in previous seasons, it's been like he, he does a little a bit of everything and he does the little things and it helps. And now it's like he does all that, but also his shots are going in. Yeah. And he's getting all the rebounds. 
Well, not only and that, <laughs> he's getting to the line, you know, six free throws a game. He, he is just the best at just, like, getting fouled. Up. He loves to get to that line. Like, it's a real thing, because especially with him and, like, uh, he will just, when he finds someone moving, he will, without shame, jump into that dude and get to the line. Yeah. Well, and like he's he a is, master of knowing when guys' arms aren't vertical and just going up under those arms yeah. and just getting Like, the there's foul. so many times where he will get to the line, and it's a clear foul. Like, it's not a dirty play, but he has no intention of shooting the ball, of, like, making the basket. He's like, I want this foul. I'm getting this foul. Yeah. And, and I will say, he's got some, some cheapies at the three-point line. It's just the, the ones that if he was on, the, if I was on the other team or a fan of the other team, I would be incensed at the call. He's just flailing himself into guys at times as they jump. But they, but you know, they're out of position because they oh, got to respect this three-point shot. Absolutely, and he has gotten really good, especially the last five games or so. At uh, when guys close out, just blowing by him and, and getting to the rack. And he even has, as Tom and I noted last game again, he has a left hand this year. Yeah, he can finish. And he's left. making those little, he's making those little hooks. Uh, I still don't love that thing, especially it happens when he's leading the unit, where they'll feed it to him in like the mid post, and he'll just like stare at the dude's forehead, and then like just fire a jumper like right over him. It's like no, no, no. There's got to be a better idea. Are, are you talking about that like wing bank shot he's been doing a lot? It's yeah, that wing. wing. Yeah. Sometimes he tries to bank it, and sometimes he doesn't. But he's like yeah. takes it, triple threats, like stares at the guy's forehead. Yeah, and. It's like, all right, no, there's got to be a better There's got to be a better way. Yeah, and I've noticed the last couple of games they've been running him in the high post. They've been running a little bit of Princeton with him uh, in the high post, and they run similar sets with LeBron too. Uh, but Kevin Kevin Love isn't quite as good at, at making the quick reads as as LeBron is. But uh, no, his assist rate. I mean, look. I mean, it, it actually is. You know, maybe I should have faith from following Miami. It took Bosch pretty much his third regular season to figure it out mm-hmm. on how to play LeBron, and that was a lot of out basketball. I think I think if there's a disappointment with Kevin Love in this offense, it's that what everyone thought was going to be the thing with him running the offense from the elbows, he's not actually passing the ball very very much or very effectively. Like he's not really a playmaker, right? Uh, but he's a finisher. He's a finisher. He he finishes the plays, which is what Bosch did. Yeah. Uh, so that whole thing of like he'll facilitate from the elbow, like that's not really a thing. Uh, but he is finishing extremely, especially considering he's a big man, man who doesn't really pick and roll, which was it used to be the thing, which was in Minnesota, he would uh, get a couple easy looks a game from Rubio on the pick and roll, and it was funny because he wasn't even that good at picking and rolling. He would just like set the screen and go down. And then Rubio would just, like, find a way that he would, like, throw it through, like, three dudes' legs and get it to him, and he'd get a layup. Um, and it was crazy. But in Cleveland, he pretty, he's, he's picking and popping, or you're posting up, or but, you, you know, you're just not the pick-and-roll guy. So I've been very happy about that. That's, that's my – if I had to name one single biggest thing uh, that I'm happy with, it would be that Kevin Love is back in that elite conversation. Yeah, and he has definitely that outlet and not, ability has put so much pressure on a defense. But like, a lot you, of pressure. You cannot off, you cannot commit four guys to offensive rebound when Kevin Love's in the game. You have to leave two guys back. 
because he will just yeah. get that rebound and fire it down the court, which is a big advantage. In terms of my biggest disappointment, um, I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to let I'm just I'm hoping it's just injuries, but Jr. is a little concerning to me right now. Yeah, I'm a little concerned with Jr. Uh, the shots have not. First of all, we're in, he's he's got a lot of miles on him. Remember, he's one year younger than LeBron, and he came out of high school. And it hasn't been happening so much since he came back from the injury hiatus, but he's he's forcing some shots. And there's a very fine line with JR, because what makes him special is a catch-and-shoot guy is he doesn't need to be wide open. Like, if he gets just a step, he gets up so high, and his release is so quick and smooth that he can get it off. But... Uh, but there's some that he's just forcing, and he's shooting 31% right now, 32% from beyond the arc. His defense, which had really become uh, very good, has not been game-changing. Uh, so he no, There's and, a reason the Cavs' defense got a lot better when Liggins took his minutes yes, for a couple games. it was noticeable. It was noticeable. Uh, and so you do hope that JR comes back because... He had so much of the offense with the way, you know, that's, you know, since day one of LeBron, it's been surrounded with shooters, surrounded with shooters, surrounded with shooters. And there's really not a guy who can, in terms of how quickly he can get the shot off and just how well he can make it and how good he is when he's open. JR is really right at the top of all the things uh, when he's healthy. But it's been a little bit worrisome, and you hope that this is just uh, – a holdout injury type thing because again he is in year one of this deal and like nate i don't really consider dunleavy a, a disappoint disappointment i mean there's a reason that you got a guy who's been as historically as productive as dunleavy for the price that you got in that yeah and it's because you knew there was a chance well but part of the reason, it was a calculated risk well part of the reason Part of the reason he was so cheap, or at least it seemed he was so cheap, was he was a cash dump so that the um, Bulls had room to sign Dwayne Wade. So I think people we lost sort of thought Tom. if Ack was better. Uh, oh, I can hear you. You can't hear me? No, you just kind of faded out. I can hear both of you. Oh, did, could you hear me, John? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, so basically, I just think that um, it wasn't obvious that he was so cheap because he was done, Levy. It was he was a cash dump so that the Bulls could free up some roster uh, to re up some free up some salary cap to sign Wade. Mm-hmm. So I I had hoped that he would you know bounce back, and he might still bounce back. I mean, Kevin Love wasn't really that great all of last year and a lot of people said it was because he came into camp and wasn't able to train in the offseason so you know maybe it's wishful thinking but maybe there maybe you know he'll surprise us at some point mm-hmm. and i've definitely been my other pleasant if i could have two pleasant surprises is that they're running an offense this season they're running uh, like three or four offenses yeah they've, they've got, got that great sets like and now they're introducing like this sort of like free flowing weave dribble handoff thing that they're getting stuff out of, and it's pretty cool. Yeah, and then they've got their high post sets, and then they've got yeah. 
just an absolute array of pick and rolls that they can go to. Like they're talking about in the last game, you, they started running that middle pick and roll with LeBron and Tristan Thompson, which I don't remember any time recently that the Cavs have run it. And uh, uh, who were they playing last game? Last game. Charlotte had Bob no Cash. idea what to do with it because they hadn't seen it in, you know, they just, they had no defense for it. You know, it, yeah. so that the Cavs can just roll out so many different wrinkles. <laughs> and they're doing it well, and they aren't just, you know, standing around and watching LeBron, which I'm really happy about. They do still stand around and watch Kyrie at times. Sometimes they do. Uh, with Kyrie this year, I was getting, I, was, I had this, like, whole thing planned where it's like, I'm going to write, like, the 2,500-word, like, full dissertation on Kyrie. But he's kind of really different this season because there's, like, the island of Kyrie where he'll just, like, take his guy and, like, start to work him and, like, go one-on-one and pull up on him, that's sort of gone. Like, he's really going north to south this season. Like, he's still a scoring guard, but it's not so much one-on-one. Like, he's taking what the defense gives him much more. He's much more eager to drive. He's really only taking the pull-up when it's there on the second defender instead of trying to, like, and one, you know, mixtape the first defender. Uh and for the last, like, two years, everyone's been like, oh, Kyrie's this amazing finisher when the numbers haven't supported it. Now the numbers support it. Now he's just a monster. Well, he wasn't last year, but two years ago he was. I mean, his numbers were kind of down across the board last year. I, I think Especially in the regular just, season. Yeah, he was out of rhythm, and he didn't, he didn't really look good. I mean, his three-point shot was, was terrible until late spring, if I recall. Yeah. And he's getting more catch-and-shoot threes this year. Yeah. I want to say that off the top of my head, uh, but let me just check. That and he's having a lot fewer stinker games where he's just, you know, chucking it up 20 times and making, you know, six of them. He's, uh, yeah. he, he seems to know when he doesn't have it and milk it when he does have it. Like, I, I mean, his pull-up game is probably the best. His mid-range pull-up game is probably the best in the league right now. Um, it, I haven't watched uh, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry are right there. Yeah, but they had a thing like he is number one, I think, in the league all time in mid-range jump shots at just over fifty percent. Was the stat I saw the other night? And I was that wasn't all time. That was this season. But yeah. Oh, was that this season? Okay, my fault. But it's yeah, very animal. good. Oh yeah, and and who are the two you said, Kevin Durant and who? Uh, Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. Both. If it involves shooting, I'm just not going to, like, say that someone's better than Steph Curry. Or, or, or like, maybe it's yeah. good as Steph Curry. Yeah. Um, all right, so we're a half hour, and let's move on to our next uh, topic here, which is uh, rotation thoughts. Right now, what we've got going seems to be that the starters come out. The second unit is uh, love. Uh, is uh, LeBron and Kyrie get their rest, and Love runs it. Our backup point guard right now is Iman Shumpert. Really, there is no true backup point guard currently in the rotation, and Ligon seems to have earned his way into the rotation. So I guess the two questions are, do you like, uh, do you think the sort of band-aid solution of having uh, Iman Shumpert as the backup point guard uh, is working? And what do you what do you think of Liggins? And I guess three questions. Do you think that a trade should or will come? 
Uh, Nate, let's go to you first this time. Um, I, I would have to see some numbers, and I want a bigger sample size than just the last four games. But I actually really like the Liggins-Shumpert um, backcourt a little bit. And it reminds me of the Shumpert-Delavadova backcourt that we saw, where they would split the court and were just really uh, aggressive on defense. And I think they can have a really tough uh, defense uh, defensive backcourt with those two guys and Liggins does just enough to be able to play against backups as a, as a you know a, in a dual combo guard lineup and he's big enough that he can kind of guard three players uh, and then a lot of times when they're running that unit they run it with Jefferson and he'll play the three or the four um, and then they'll either play LeBron or Love at uh, the four or five and or or Fry will be at the five with LeBron and and all those lineups are are, are pretty solid. Um, as Tom noted a few games ago, we haven't seen much from the Cavs without LeBron on the court. But I feel like, and I I need to see a larger sample size. I feel like that's picked up in the last few games. Um, but I'm not sure that. It's a long-term solution. I want to see it against better teams. But if Liggins keeps improving and, and Shumper keeps shooting the way he is, um, there's no reason that that can't continue. So, so Nate, um, I just looked up the two-man splits for Liggins and Shumpert, and it's the Cavs' best uh, <clears throat> defensive rating of two-man pairs on the team. That does not surprise me one bit. Where are you what site? What site is this, by the way? Um, the NBA dot com for media people. Ah, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Well, I got a I got an account years ago. Cavs the blog was was considered media credentialed, so yeah, I had to, I had to renew it this year, and I was skeptical if they yeah would they brought it back renew it, and they did. I, I use this almost exclusively. I use Basketball Reference for a couple things because it Remote. loads a lot fat. Well, it loads a lot faster, but um, yeah. this site allows me to slice and dice things like crazy. NBA.com stats has the most data, but it is so unintuitive. It's very slow, too, when you start. Yeah, how to find yeah. stuff. Yeah. That's the SP. Yeah, Wiggins and Shumpert have played 39 minutes together, and uh, the Cavs plus minus is um, uh, plus 20. In that 39 minutes. Well, and the and the thing about it is one of the problems with the Cavs bench unit was they really lacked an identity. And I feel like those two guys' defensive presence can kind of give them an identity to build around. Um, mm-hmm. And especially you need two guys like that when you don't have kind of elite uh, rim protectors, uh, which clearly, you know, Channing Frye is not and neither is, is Kevin Love. So, and, and and even LeBron, unless it's the NBA Finals, is not an elite rim protector. So I would say Tristan look, Thompson is. Yeah, no, even Tristan Thompson. Yeah. I mean, he we, can be passable at him, times. But, yeah, but 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 think of how many centers in this league are better defensively. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So having that kind of defensive backcourt really can kind of give them an identity, and you can play Kyrie with those two guys, and you just put Kyrie on your worst defender or your worst offensive player. And I've noticed a lot they've been moving Kyrie off the ball when Liggins is in the game with him. 
um, defensively. So, you know, that gives you a lot of versatility. And one of the things I really like, because now you got Liggins, now you got Jefferson, now you got Shumpert. All three of those guys can guard at least three positions. Um, and Liggins conceivably four. So, and then you got LeBron who can also guard three positions. So you have a lot of versatility. You can switch everything. You can run a lot of different defensive looks at teams. Uh, that they're a team that can then confuse you defensively and still give you enough shooting and a, a, enough playmaking to to keep you honest if if you've got the right guys around them offensively on the floor. So it, I, I've enjoyed it recently. So I'm hoping it keeps up. No, I think. I think Lingens has given them a real kick in the pants defensively, and it's been really fun. Yeah, it's a below average defensive team, uh, I believe. Last time I checked, yeah, they're seventeenth in defensive efficiency. Yeah, and that's uh, that's ticked up over the last four games too. Which, yeah, which you know, defense doesn't slump, so you know, but offense does. You're going to have things when you're kind of coasting on defense, like these that weird little three-game losing streak, yeah. which, you know, of course, we figure that they'll be able to turn it on when they can, but it's really nicer to have a team with a really solid defensive foundation yeah. and not and, just sort of hope that they'll turn it up. And it does start at the top with LeBron, who is going to face his defense a bunch of Oh, uh, he was absolutely loafing during that three-game losing streak. I mean, there was possessions. Yeah. There was three, four-minute stretchings when he was guarding no one. I mean, just playing four on – they were playing four on five with LeBron as free safety the entire time. And I remember the Clippers just ran play after play for Baamute, which was probably the only time that will happen all season. So, yeah. Well, there are times like in the first quarter, like when they're just doing Kevin Love mode, which is one of the funniest things that I've seen all season. The first quarter is just like they just feed Kevin Love endlessly, and then they can like forget about him for the rest of the game. <laughs> right. Like it's pretty much like, all right. Just, if you want to shoot again, just get an offensive rebound because uh, we're just not going to pass you anymore. And particularly in the first quarter, he'll just like sort of like jog from three point line to three point line, and it's like I understand why you're doing this. Like I just said, how many minutes you've played, but like, dude, come on, man, <laughs> you are hurting me. And then uh, the other thing I know. Uh, one of you, I think it's Tom, wanted to touch on triple-doubles later. But, uh, you know, it was a triple-double watch uh, last game. And it was just like, LeBron is not the most active rebounder I've ever seen in my life. Like, in terms of, like, how much he, how often he, like, boxes guys out and is, like, fighting for that rebound and instead of, to, like, he'll, like, swoop in and grab the easy one. Like, he's not really a, a battler on that class. Like, especially not in the regular season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we bemoaned his lack of box outs last year at times. Oh, yeah. He's, 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 he, I mean, you know, he came up with a point guard. He, he is not a very good fundamental rebounder. One of those things. Yeah, he's, uh, more, of an a he's more of an athletic I, rebounder than a fundamental yeah. rebounder. Now, yeah. unlike Russell have... Westbrook, if he goes up with a teammate, he will not steal the rebound from another teammate, so he pads <laughs> his triple-double numbers. <laughs> so, Hey, dude, Oklahoma City's fourth in rebound rate. I'm not going to hate on Russ's uh, rebounding. <laughs> They're fourth. I, I, I just find the whole thing kind of 
funny. I, I know it's, it's goofy, but we'll get to the. We, we've got that later. Um, but so, Tom, what are we thinking rotation wise? Are we okay with the backup point guard situation? Does there need to be a trade? What are we thinking just in terms of rotation? Well, I sort of think to ease the burden of the regular season, it would be good if someone could assume playmaking duties and if the Cavs could give more rest to LeBron and Kyrie, but it's not critical. It's not, it's not I mean, they can make it through the season. Um, I mean, Kyrie's young and LeBron doesn't seem to have any issues playing a lot of minutes right now. So they can kind of do it by committee and they're not afraid to take a loss either, a scheduled loss to sit everyone. So it might be fine. I kind of feel like um, they might actually need one more wing player uh, for a, a deep playoff run simply because they got way more out of Richard Jefferson last year than I think anyone anticipated. And he looks um, not quite the same this season. J.R. Smith, I mean, we don't know what they're going to get out of him. Obviously, Shumpert playing better is, 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 is huge. But with Dunleavy um, doing nothing, I mean, it's kind of just LeBron and, and Richard Jefferson, and that's it. Well, I think Liggins. I mean, I think Liggins has earned himself a look. Well, he has. He has. I. I I'm which skeptical. Complete, that which is complete time. I've seen a lot of players come and go, and put together a really solid week. Um, think of all those point guards the Cavs tried out. <laughs> well, in the I mean, dark look years. at the name oh for the God. award of uh, you know John's favorite uh non-lebron cavalier it's the terrence kenzie award so Terrence, Terrence. yeah sorry <laughs> but remember like donald sloan lit up the league for oh, a couple God. games and, and uh <laughs> jeremy pargo uh yeah was it jeremy or did we have Gennaro? Well, during no they had jeremy. during the, during the non-lebron years people just get really hyped about people like I'll just keep it in questions. Like, so is Manny Harris? Is he like the next big thing? I'm like, so yeah. every team the in the league thing has is, So now twice. there's Manny Harris. Is he going to make his NBA comeback? Because he had the couple huge D League games. Oh, was it Lester Hudson that hit like yeah, a game winning shot yeah. and and played really well for like a week, and everyone went kind of crazy. And uh, you know, the, the best and one then I they got rid of him because he was ruining their tanking chances. <laughs> <laughs> Who was, was the best it was, one? It was before the season, and it was like Manny Harris had been like an undrafted parade, and they'd be they were like, "You think we we're going to see some big things out of Manny Harris this season?" I was like, "He's done nothing," and every team just decided not to draft him twice. Like, let's maybe chill on Manny Harris. Yeah, and he yeah. has the NBA's only you know out of the league for freezer burn injury ever. So. He's got that going. But Manny Harris is going to be back in the league this year because he's probably the best player in the D-League right now. All right. Which is going to be fun. That is fun. Um, All right, so we're going to go around to me. I'm a little – it's just one of those uh, things where the Cavs are paying the highest salary uh, of any team in the league. Um. They have absolutely no assets to trade. They have Seti like, Felder. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. They have nothing to trade. And it's just sort of like, yes, I would like for, because I, as much as I like, like, Amon Schumpert's not missing shots. And he's playing good defense and he's going to the hole. 
And when you don't miss shots, you're a useful basketball player. Like, that's just a good thing to have happen. But he is not – he is just a point guard. He's just a shooting guard forced to play the point guard. Like, he doesn't want to be there. It's like when there's a first baseman in baseball, but they already have a first baseman. So he's, like, out there in the field. Like, yeah, yeah, like, trying to to learn it. Uh, uh, Like, he's – like, uh, I was just looking – He's got the highest turnover rate of any guard except for like Jose Calderon. Uh, and, oh, and John Rondo. Wait, what's, no, this, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm on point guards. I want all players. Uh, no, this is wrong. He's got a really high turnover ratio. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we almost bought the domain name, please stop dribbling shump.com. <laughs> Please jump, stop dribble, taking dribbles dot com. Yeah. yeah, he's no. he's uh the the more times his success rate is inversely proportional to the number of times he puts the ball on the deck. Yeah, I was well, I was he's actually, I was he terrifies less when he puts it on the floor than J.R. Smith actually. But like his turnover ratio is higher than JaVale McGee's right now. <laughs> That's all I'll just think like he's 26, and the guys ahead of him are basically big men. I don't know who Lucas Noguera is. Uh, center um, for the Raptors. All right, so that's another big man. And Jose Calderon. And, okay, DeAndre Liggins is, really, is fourth. Uh, so that's, <laughs> but, at least, but at least we're not having him trying to play point guard. Um, and Andrew Bogut is first. He's having a terrible year. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he is. That whole team's awful. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess uh, replacement Warriors is not the answer. Um, but so, but it's so. Look, I mean, it's not perfect. And but at some point, what do you want? You want a point guard who is athletic and can play defense and will not get exposed against the really good teams that you're doubtlessly going to see in the playoffs. He has to make shots. And that's what you get out of Schumper. And he's not a playmaker. He's not a point guard. So, but, so do you want us to just grab an athletic, true point guard who can make threes off like the scrap heap? Because that's not going to happen. <laughs> like that would, that would be lovely. Uh, and I mean, the, the only, the other options that I can think of are, to take a, to take the risk on Mario Chalmers, who played very well with LeBron in Miami, except but for the coming last off year of, he was there, he was awful. wasn't great wasn't great. Uh, I don't think he was awful, but he was not. Oh, great. He was awful in the finals that year. He was awful in the finals, but that's one series. Uh, you know, there, I don't think I don't think the guy you're getting at the on the waiver wire at the deadline you're like counting on to be your final savior. Um, uh, but he's coming off the Achilles, and even the t- the Grizzlies, when Mike Conley had like broken back, like didn't resign him, which should be a red flag right there. Or to give Kay Felder a lot of burn, which, like Nate said, I think there's a lot of talent. I think he can be a really good player in this league, and I've been really pleasantly surprised with how much how well he's adapted to sort of playing the point guard and making good passes. But he's shooting thirty six percent of the basket, which there's an explanation for that. He's five foot nine and he hasn't made a three yet. So that's concerning. 
it's, you know, it's, if you can't finish at the basket or I mean, you're not a spot of three point shooter, if the only way you can score effectively is uh, to sort of make these mid range shots off the dribble, it's a real concern. And I think he can grow into an effective player, but like I said, like you said, I don't know if there's if he's going to get the opportunity to to learn it and have the game slow down for him on this team. Yeah, and then the only other options are some you know somebody from the D League who he's in the D League for a reason. You know, <laughs> it's not going to. And then the other two options I saw is is you might see a late season buyout like a Deron Williams. Um, the other guy I thought of was, um, oh, what's his name from Denver? Uh, Jameer Nelson. Uh, oh. Jameer Nelson might be an option, but again, those are two guys that are very near the end of their career, can run an offense, but you're going to give up a lot on defense. And, yeah. you know, But part of it is, okay, well, what if you have an injury? What do Mm -hmm. you do? Because if you have an injury... Well, to who? To to Kyrie? To Kyrie or LeBron, who are basically your two points. Well, if you have an injury injury to LeBron, it's over. Well, that's true. No, I just mean for an extended stretch, because clearly, if if he's not there in the playoffs, it's over. If you have an injury to Kyrie, you're going to struggle. This team will struggle. I mean, there'll be a... Maybe a barely above 500 team, in my opinion, because I don't think they will play LeBron, you know, 44 minutes a night after that. And, and we've been talking a lot. We've been talking a lot about hypotheticals as far as um, backup point guard. But the reality is the Cavs ha- really have not played very many minutes with neither Kyrie or LeBron on the court. Yeah, they mostly have been so we haven't even really we haven't even really been exposed to very much like uh, there are no playmakers out there right now other than I, garbage time. I, I think right now what they do is they take them out at the same time. That's their first substitution. They put in uh Shump and uh you know Normally the other guy. The, it, it's just not yeah. it's just not for very long. And fry, and they run it through. No, no, yeah, you're right. They run Jefferson and uh, and Shumpert. Yeah, they run Jefferson and Shump, and they run it through Love. And it's not the best lineup ever. There's a lot of the stare at the forehead jumper. Um, uh, I mean the 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 lineup, the first lineup. If you sort the Cavs five man lineups by minutes, that features neither Kyrie or LeBron is a is 12 minutes. That's a garbage time lineup of Birdman, Kay Felder, Richard Jefferson, James Jones, and Jordan McRae. That's right. All right. I, I want to say this real quick, by the way, since you mentioned that. James Jones in garbage time is not missing three-point shots. Yeah, no. he's hitting like 75% of his threes. I feel like there's seven like, to you, ten minutes in this league per game for a man, no matter how bad, even if he just like says mean things on defense, like basketball style. <laughs> like, hey, hey, miss. Like, hey, dribble. Oh, no, dribble. don't look your foot when you dribble. Like, if you don't miss shots, like, you should have some role. You should have some rotation role in the NBA. So here's like, my if you could make three point shots with freakish consistency. So I've got J.R. Smith on my fantasy team. Uh, the well, 
Canton oh, local pipe fitters ninety four. Who uh, <laughs> so the, the, that's your team name? <laughs> yeah. Well, the the, the the whole point of our our Cavs of Block Fantasy League is you have to have a Cav on your league or on your team, and and he's mine. <laughs> and my actual dilemma is, do I dump him for for garbage time James Jones, whose three point shooting percentage is very high? You know, he's going to get you two threes a game, maybe a rebound, and he's not going to hurt you. <laughs> Whereas J.R. Smith. While he completely uh, regularly contributes two for ten nights, is uh, is is kind of hard to play at this point. So, that's no, you mean you have a okay? I just got the wide receiver James Jones. That's a very common name, isn't it? <laughs> but you know, what like what is he shooting right now? He he's big. He's shooting seventy eight point six percent on threes. Yeah, yeah it's he's insane. not missing. Like we have to, like at some point, don't we have to ride this out like a little bit? Like no, and I know thirty six, and he wasn't very fast when he was twenty six, but like, there's something to be said for like seeing where this rabbit hole goes, like just <laughs> a little bit. Well, oh, yeah. he had a game the other day. Um, it, it might have been the first game they won out of the comeback, or who is it against? Uh, it might have been Toronto. Uh, where James Jones played some, uh, what was the game where uh, Kevin Love went to the locker room with some stitches to get stitches? Uh, I'm bringing up the game log now. And, and James Jones came in that game and actually gave them, uh, you know, eight good minutes and hit and canned a couple threes and kind of stemmed the tide for them. I don't even know. Uh, well, no, Toronto didn't play. New York. He played eight minutes and hit three threes. What game did... See, now it's going to make me mad. So when did Kevin Love get stitches? I don't even know, but... Oh, against uh, Philly. So Philly. I, I guess it was a little longer than... than. But yeah, I mean, James Jones yeah. came in that game against Philly and gave them... Uh, gave them something during you know rotation minutes time and really kind of helped stem the tide when when kevin love was out so you know the guy can still contribute you know in spot starts and that's all you want from a deep bench veteran is if somebody gets hurt you know the guy's going to come in and he's not going to hurt yeah. you no i mean maybe let's put him in a little bit in the rotation to see what his true shooting is 98 <laughs> percent that's insane <laughs> Yeah, that's great. <laughs> See like, what happens. He's one of those guys you would get in, uh, uh, like Tecmo NBA uh, back in the day, and uh, you would put him in the next season because he would have a seventy-eight percent uh, three-point percentage. You just shoot threes all day with James Jones. Yeah, no, yeah. How do you not make a three his three-point rating like ninety-five? <laughs> I remember uh, in uh, NBA Jam, Mark Price's dunk rating was zero. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, but all right. What else do we want to talk about? So, and I mean, I think, and I think, just the general thing is, look, Delhi was great, and he was kind of the perfect guy for the regular season. And unfortunately, he didn't have the best playoffs. We and we love Delhi more than anybody. And and he Dele, was not really a, a factor in the last couple rounds of the playoffs. And when it comes to free agency time. You know, the team could barely afford J.R. Smith. Uh, you know, you see Dan Gilbert at the Detroit broadcast. He 
is a billionaire, but he can't even afford a suit anymore because <laughs> he's spending so much on this team. He's got to wear a T-shirt and a leather jacket. Um, you know, there just comes a point where you can't afford guys like Matthew Delvadova, who, although they're great regular season players and great uh, role players and great backups, you have to make tough And Timothy Mozgov, who are, is a perfectly good backup big man. But you kind of, at some point, you have to make tough decisions when you're playing at this level. Well, I mean, I just, I think that's a little unfair. I think if you look at 2015 playoffs, J.R. Smith was, you know, he had a very poor finals. And yeah, um, he was a bit of a non-factor at times. And, uh, you know, he got suspended for the cheap shot. And if you look at this past year, I mean, he was outstanding in the playoffs and he was outstanding and very necessary in game seven. I think you can look at the 2015 playoffs and finals and say, you know, Delavadova might have been the third most important player um, in a lot of those games. We I mean, had a couple podium games. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, there was the Delhi uh, game. Was game two or three the Delhi game? Well, both of them were. And the Cavs won both of them. Yeah. Um, yeah game three game was three, the dehydration game. Yeah, but game three was the one where he, uh, um, you know, scored a lot. But game yeah. two, I mean, his defense was still outstanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Game two was the one I think where LeBron like spiked the ball down at the end. Yeah. So I mean, I yeah, I don't know if it's fair to say Delhi's only a regular season player. I mean, maybe he is, but I mean, he did. It, it just wasn't a risk that you're that you're able to. You know, we love you. You know, you, it's just. And we love Delhi. It's just you have to make tough choices. And yeah. they had to do it. And they could look, they barely kept J.R. Smith. And I think there were some external factors to that hold out. And I don't want to, uh, I don't have any sources, so I don't want to speculate about things. But I don't, I don't think that the relationship between Clutch and Dan Gilbert is fuzzy. That's just a guess for me. <laughs> well, it's because better than more the, the guys that set up the decision. Clutch and Phil Jackson right now. So. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. So no, I mean, so in, in defense of DeAndre Liggins, he's kind of I, I envision him being able to fill that Matthew Delavadova role a little bit, not as the playmaker Delhi was, but as a guy that Tom, you know, correctly pointed out. When you have a lot of high usage stars, you need you know low usage players that can make a positive impact on the game without necessarily scoring, you know, in double digits. And Liggins, with his defense and his ability to at least be, you know... A warm body? Well, no, at least hit open jump shots and make the correct pass. That, Jerry's still a little bit out on that. He's, like, made the one he's gotten, but he's... Like, they'll give it to him with a pretty good look at the three-point line. He's like, I'm not really sure about this one. Yeah, yeah, and maybe my, you know experience has been colored by too many years of Alonzo G and, uh, you know, Jamario Moon. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm a little jaded, but I, I have seen some good things from him. So, No, I, I'm really liking him. I'd li- I mean, let's, let's, I mean, you know, I semi-jokingly say, let's see where the rabbit hole goes with James Jones. But you know, definitely let's see. Let's get leg into the rotation for yeah, a little and, bit. And, and let's oh. all be honest that Jordan McRae has been a – colossal disappointment this year i mean i think he was signed specifically to make me die early (laughs) well i mean i never really understood how valuable he was going to be on this team i mean he looked great 
in the D League and in Summer League and all this kind of stuff. But he's, he's a volume he's, scorer. He's a volume scorer, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's no way the Cavs are going to allow a guy to just take a ton of shots to try to get himself into rhythm on a team with. Yeah. LeBron, Kyrie, no, he's and a, Kevin he's a Love. Time I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. I would, I would like to see another playmaker because outside of LeBron, who's because Kyrie, for as good as he is, and I'm, like I said, I'm really liking what I'm seeing out of him. I've sort of, I've come to terms with the fact that Kyrie is not, you know, the pure point guard or the true point guard or the guy with the best synergy with LeBron that I would have liked. But yeah, as a scoring point guard, he's a bad dude. Oh, he's the baddest dude, in my opinion. I mean, he's... Steph Curry's a pretty good scoring point guard, man. Well, yeah, you also got to remember, Kyrie's three years younger, too. You know, Kyrie can do things that I don't know that Curry even can, offensively. I mean, Curry's a better shooter, and he's a better three-point shooter, and but... He's the best of all time. Yeah, I'm not arguing that, but... He's a more complete player, too, but offensively, there's some shots and some angles and i mean Kyrie's like a weird like kobe with modern analytical um shot selection he's like if kobe decided he was only going to take you know he's going to mostly take threes and shots around the basket and only the occasional mid-range j that's like really there and it comes off the handle for Kyrie, where kobe came off the footwork uh, I feel like, like Kyrie's footwork's gotten a lot better the last two years. Nah, Dude, he's, he's there, yeah. He's he's good in the he's posting guys up now. Oh yeah. He's he, to that turnaround the wow, but I mean he is sixty second out of sixty eight point guards in assist ratio. <laughs> yeah. Well he's he's never been a great um playmaker for other people, that's for sure. I mean we've we've probably Look, like I said that horse. Yeah, that capsule blog just talking about how poor he is, or I, I mean, maybe poor is not always the right term, but how unpredictable he is um, in the pick and roll. So, I mean, Tristan or whoever is set, yeah, whoever is setting him the pick, there's no way that player can have any idea where they should go because there's no rhyme or reason to where Kyrie goes. He but, doesn't right. use pick and rolls to create anything more than some kind of extra confusion for the defense because he never uses the initial he doesn't necessarily use the initial space he gets to turn the corner he doesn't use the confusion to get the roll man opened he just freestyles pretty much all the time and we've we've chronicled that heavily here and it's not changing but at the end of the day they won a title with him doing that so i mean i don't they expect them to, they needed I it they, they needed did it. i don't and i don't expect him to change yeah this and, and really he has changed as much as i, I think you get it. i don't want to i don't want to bury the lead in that i really like how Kyrie is playing this, this season a lot more than i did last season and even stylistically i like how he's playing this season more than i did in last year's playoffs like in last sure. year's playoffs i'm not i don't complain you know obviously it got them the championship but he was it was so much one on one basketball and it was so much Kyrie on island and just sort of working his guy and settling for a lot of jump shots um, where now he's still looking to score, but he's looking to score efficiently. And that's all I really ask. But all right, but to my larger point, so you've got Kyrie, not a playmaker. Jr. definitely not a playmaker. 
LeBron a playmaker. Kevin Love, as we discussed, not really a playmaker. Tristan, definitely not a playmaker. Uh, your first point guard off the bench is uh, Shump, really not a playmaker. Yeah, Ligon, not a playmaker. Kenny Fry, not a playmaker. I mean, at some point, it would be nice to have more than one playmaker on your entire team. Well, I mean, if you look at the Cavs plus minus numbers, they're not great when LeBron's not on the court. Exactly. I and mean, they're that's a lot worse than they were last year at, you know, when that same situation was occurring. Hey, Tom, yeah. Can you uh, look for the uh, last four games on that? The last four games when LeBron's not playing? Yes. Yeah. Just out of curiosity. Very tricky. No, I mean, no, uh, the, Cavs, I... the Cavs second best point, second best playmaker is Kyrie Irving right now. Yeah. And, and as we've discussed, he is, you know, average at that, uh, you know, though an unbelievable scorer and, and a little bit to take off of what you said, John is one of the things that he's not forcing it when it's not there this year. He's just no, moving he's the not. ball and waiting for the better one-on-one opportunity. Uh, when, when he needs to, and and that's all that we ever asked of him. You know, it's it's not go one on three and turn the ball over, or you know, just jack up a terrible shot, take the yeah. shot in the corner, or yeah. just when you when you get the switch on the big man, don't try and you know like embarrass him and then fire up a twenty footer on him. Like <laughs> make a quick decision, yeah. and either yeah. if he's giving you too much space and it's really embarrassing. Like I love, he comes off the pick. He comes off the pick, and if the big man's really uh, sagging back, he'll just go up, up and pop that in his face, and he's really comfortable with that. Yeah, uh, you know, he doesn't dance with it. So you think he's been more decisive this year than I think he's been he a lot more decisive. Yeah, well, that's, that's good. good I mean, that's that's been one of my knocks on him too is just not decisive enough, using his dribble a little bit too much to get into yeah, rhythm like, at times. I was literally about to say, just not to cut you off, but like, there's been less like crazy Kyrie highlight dribbling this year, yeah. and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, um, all right, so we're over an hour, and I had two more questions that I wanted to get to personally. One is, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the Warriors. And my question is, because I remember from back in the day. Uh, after the 2009 season, we traded for Shaq, and all year long, all we worried about were, were the Orlando Magic. And then the Boston Celtics came and beat the team up, and Shaq was a terrible fit in that season because the, you know, the Celtics had Kendrick Perkins, whose sole focus, purpose in his career at that point was shutting down Shaquille O'Neal, and a lot of other things also happened. Should we, when we're looking at teams and rotations and judging how games go and things like that. Should we keep in the back of our minds, is this going to play against the Warriors? Is this going to play against the Warriors? Because they are obviously such a great team, and they do present these unique matchup problems. Like, you know, we talk about how great Kevin Love is right now. He had a hard time staying on the court against the Warriors. Obviously, he made the great stop. But on the most part, he had trouble. And so when we talk about how great Kevin Love is, do we have to also worry, but will he be able to guard Kevin Durant for 25 minutes a game? Should we be well, worried about the Warriors? Should it be that inevitable? I think LeBron's probably going to guard Durant, but I mean, I know where you're, I I see thinking. where you're going. Yeah, I get where you're going. Um, I wouldn't, honestly. I mean, just because I remember 
after game uh, three last year, maybe it was after game four or five, I can't remember, but at some point during the finals last year, I just had a total like WTF kind of moment. And it was just, I've been analyzing this team for years. I know like their team stats and lineup stats inside and out. I know the Warriors inside and out because I watched them play so much. And nothing about the series made any sense whatsoever. It, it, it didn't no follow sense. any like regular season patterns. The death lineup wasn't a death lineup anymore for the Warriors. The Cavs, like crazy bench lineup that had been really good for a while with Delhi and Channing Fry was suddenly like unplayable. Um, LeBron was hitting outside shots again. Kyrie and LeBron were abandoning like all semblance of um you know, the offense, the way they had been running it in the first two games, trying to move it from the strong, strong or to the strong side to the weak side. And we're just, you know, taking one pick at the top of the key and it just and looking at all the stats, looking at all the themes, looking at the pace of the game, everything. It just it didn't nothing added up. And I just wrote this piece kind of like we have no idea what's going to happen because nothing that has happened to this point has made any sense. If you remember, the Cavs got blown out in games one and game two, and neither of the Splash Brothers played well at all. Like, Sean Livingston was like 12 of 13 after the first two games or something insane. Well, in game one, yeah, he came on and the Cavs were like kind of close. Yeah, they were. They were very, I think they were within one or something in the third quarter, late in the third, and then Livingston just kind of went crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, just, I guess, given that as my last data point, I would say I don't really know how much it's worth overanalyzing. I mean, obviously, if the Warriors are just winning every game by, like, 50, and it just seems impossible that anyone's going to beat them in the playoffs, you should kind of consider it. But, I don't know, they look pretty human to me right now. I mean, I know their record's the best in the league, but they have three 30-point, or they have three 20-point losses already. And they only had three... They only had three 20-point losses all last season, including the one 20-point loss to the Cavs in the finals. So oh, they've already matched last season's bad loss total. They did that the last season, too. Because like, the Spurs had a better uh, point differential than they did. Like, yeah. The Warriors lost so few like close games. Right. Like They were just like win or just like when they lost, it was like, all right, we just fucking lost. Oh, shit. Sorry. Yeah, they didn't lose. Uh, we don't care. Close game. That's, <laughs> That's right. We're not ESPN anymore. Honey All Badger, good. don't give a fuck. <laughs> um, see what he did. See, no, no, it wasn't. Was it the Honey Badger? No, it was. Yeah, it was Honey Badger. Uh, was it Honey Badger? Yeah. Who, who did the trash can thing with Terrell Pryor? It wasn't a Honey Badger. Oh, Pac- yeah, Pac Man Jones. Oh, Pac Man. Yeah, trouble- you know what. The troubled screw, college screw them. who wasn't good. The enough. Bengals suck. For them to be flexing on the hapless Browns. Give me a break. <laughs> they haven't done anything this year. They haven't made. They have a longer playoff win drought than the Browns. Think about that for a second. Not great. So yeah. But anyway, um, you know the Warriors got destroyed by the Grizzlies a couple nights ago, and the Grizzlies were without. Mike Conley and Chandler Parsons. <laughs> yeah, let's not, let's not. We got two games in a row against the Grizzlies. Yeah, up. and and the, oh, we, we, we don't. Want, if we lose for... two games to the Grizzlies, we don't want to like count ourselves out of the championship race. Yeah, no, that was not, one of my I, topics I, I just... tonight was let's get a little Grizzlies preview. And 
I mean, Fizdale, if if this Grizzlies squad keeps winning the way they're winning, <laughs> you've been a Fizdale fan for a long year. Oh, I, I remember you bringing up Fizdale like four years ago. Been for a long time. No, I was actually really surprised that he was not a guy that the Cavs went after um, uh, when they were trying to court LeBron, but I think he probably. They might have thought of that, and he just kind of – and you may have a better uh, read on this than I do, John. You probably do. But I don't think he would have gone to the Cavs as, you know, just kind of a loyalty thing to Pat Riley. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Fisdale, I think he's going to be a very good coach for a long time in the NBA. Uh, I do, too. I mean, he's, I, I just know he's been very well regarded around the league for a long time. Yeah. Very, very well. Um. Yeah. No, but, and, I mean, they're doing it with Andrew Harrison, who isn't even shooting. He's their starting point guard right now, and he's not even shooting. I think he's shooting under 38% from the field. Uh, and right. he's shooting, like, less than 20% from three. It, it, they are winning with smoke and mirrors and just. Well, they hit a bunch of threes against the Warriors. Like, Tony Allen. Yeah, Tony was like Allen was going Turning off. around before the shot went in. He, they were so high. I love Tony that Allen. Might he just, always that gets might up be for a the shooting stroke. Yeah, that, you're right. That might have just been a hitch in his stroke. Yeah, that's a good point. That might just be how he, he shoots like a shot putt style. Yeah. Like, it looks cocky. Yeah, uh, yeah. All I mean, right. Tony Allen's one of the best. He always works. gets up for the Warriors. I love it. I know. Uh, I know. And it was, and they might have had some serious trouble two years ago if Tony Allen wouldn't have got hurt in game two. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. pretty sure he missed game three. Well, and then you remember. Or no, he missed game um, four. Missed game Mike four. Conley had the orbital side. Oh, yeah. He missed, he missed game one. Yeah. He missed game one, and then he was never the same that series. Um, I know. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I brought it up so many times. The Warriors didn't face a single healthy point guard on, in route to their title. They had yeah. Patrick, the Patrick Beverly was out in round one or no round one was against the Pelicans and, uh, Drew holiday was injured. And then in round two, um, against the, uh, yeah, the Grizzlies, Tony Allen and Mike Conley had injuries. And then in round three against the, um, Rockets, Patrick Beverly was out and he's a bulldog. Mm-hmm. And then Kyrie Irving, you know, was like 10% that whole playoffs. Yeah, well, so, yeah. and then he only played game one. Yep. Yeah. So, right. Andrew Harrison this year, shooting, I, I was a little off, he's shooting 29% from the field and 23% from three. And he is their starting point guard right now. And, well, it brings a lot of grit. <laughs> he does, uh, he does. No, they're grit and grind. And, yeah, they are. But I will say, the, uh, the Grizzlies have a pretty bad pretty weak schedule so far so you know 17 and 8 i think they are is is a little misleading um they, they have not played a lot of good teams so all right we are uh, we're 75 minutes in i have one more topic that i want to get to before we get into goofy time um what do we think mvp wise right now uh, let's go to you first tom I mean, I I'm, I think LeBron is the best player in the league. The Cavs have the second best record. The Cavs plus minus is third among all teams. And when LeBron sits, the Cavs are like getting outscored by almost 10 points per 48. 
Um, and I think that, you know, if it was, if it wasn't LeBron, if, you know, if LeBron was Paul George and the Pistons were doing this right, or the uh, Pacers were doing this right now, we'd all be talking about, you know, Paul George being in the conversation, but because it's LeBron and it's like been there, done that. And it's not LeBron's best statistical season. Cause those years are probably behind him. We're not talking about it, but I mean, also, he's the most, as, he's as the most valuable we've player. About, we can see him loafing. Yeah, it's true. But I'm just saying like, I don't think any team would suffer more right now than I, even Oklahoma city and Westbrook. Maybe that's crazy, but I just feel Houston, like Houston and Harden. Yeah, Harden and and Westbrook. Westbrook's usage is over forty percent, which I don't know when the last time that happened. I don't, I'm and, not sure it's ever been done. Well, I don't, since they've tracked usage, I don't know that it has. Yeah, and Harden is like thirty-seven, so he's like that would have been the highest last year. So I mean, obviously, you can't go well, wrong. And with then you've got Kawhi guys. Leonard, who is playing yeah, out of the world. He'll, he'll, he'll win, like, Defensive Player of the Year, I, I bet. Yeah, if he's, he played in New York, he'd be an MVP candidate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's the yeah, best yeah, player Tim, on the third-best team Duncan in the league. Never, Tim Duncan never won an MVP. Did I hear that what, a couple days ago? Yeah, you heard wrong. He definitely won an MVP. Yeah, he okay. did. I think he won, too. Was it was it Defensive Player of the Year he never won? I don't th- I'm don't. i not sure he ever won Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I think that was the one that was, like, shocking because – he and Ben Wallace and Kevin Garnett are the three best defensive players of the last, you know, of the post Jordan era. And so for, for, uh, well, that's kind of the thing about defensive player of the year is once they pick a guy, it's hard to like overtake him. They'll just kind yeah. of stick with the guy they gave it to. Like Ben Wallace has like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. And guys that block a lot of shots, like kind of like, you know, impressive looking shots seem to get a lot of didn't like Whiteside get a ton of votes last year and by most statistical measures he was not a good defensive player at all I'm sure he did my uh, most analytics measures yeah he was very good yeah yeah that's what i meant i mean he his raw stats were good his defense and rebounding was great but it was a little bit overrated defensively yeah no and i'm just looking at Kawhi Leonard's stats right now i mean he is He's in the oh, top five for sure. Oh yeah, last year he was too. I mean, he, he got, was he got the, the player of the year candidate. He was like a 50-40-90 guy for most of the season last yeah, year. Yeah, well, he's right there. And this he was year. the defensive player of the year candidate. And the Spurs almost, or did they win seven? Well, they win like sixty-eight games or something. They kind of faded a little at the end. They but. did, and and it hurt them in the playoffs. I really feel like they lost the momentum going into the playoffs. Um. But yeah, I mean, you just look at the guy is shooting ninety-one percent from the free throw line. That, I mean, he—he's just. I—I I wonder how much he works in the off season because it has to be a, just an absolutely prodigious amount. Because when he came in the league, he couldn't shoot at all. Because remember how long his arms were, and every yeah. and he kind of had to come up with a stroke that worked for him. Yeah, he yeah. Was, I mean, they had that. They had an article on the Ringer. He had he had a like more noise. In the jump shot. And now he's got a very basic one. Yep. Yeah, he's... Yeah, definitely. He's so by, good. By basic. Yeah, and what's crazy with the 9% free throw shooting is uh, if he'd made one of two, LeBron would have two rings. That is yeah. crazy. Yeah, and... Yeah, that was crazy. Of course, uh, 
if the Cavs had drafted him instead of uh, Tristan Thompson, we would be having very different conversations right now. Well, <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's got to be fair. No one was going to draft him fourth. He was so in the conversation like two weeks before the draft, and then he fell like 10 spots, and nobody could really explain why. So he was definitely in the conversation for a while, just like Rudy Gobert for like three-fourths of the season before he came (laughs) out was in the conversation for a lottery pick, and then for some inexplicable reason, he fell all the way to Utah and is now awesome. So... You know, just because a guy isn't in the conversation doesn't mean that somebody shouldn't have drafted him. Nate loves Nate loves to talk highly about the guys that he was high on. <laughs> hey, man. Well, hey, if, if you were high on him and there's documentation of this. Hey, I uh, wrote an article on CTV called Rudy Can't Fail. So. <laughs> all right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Nate, were you, Nate, were you also high on Isaiah Thomas? I was not high on Isaiah Thomas. Um but I was high on uh, Jeremy Grant, who, uh, who who's playing well for the Thunder right now. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I can't believe Kawhi's shooting ninety one percent from the line. Like, that's insane. How can LeBron not shoot eighty percent from the line? Bob <laughs> Cousy shot eighty two percent from the line. Bob Cousy was a pitch man for cigarettes. million a year he literally smoked (laughs) was a pitch man for cigarettes we have not come up we have figured out that athletes shouldn't smoke but we haven't figured out a better way for the best player in the world to make 80% of his free throws I I, I don't know this will never stop driving me crazy well it's funny you know um Jason Lloyd posited that LeBron shoots better when he's tired, which I used to think that way back in the day in the LeBron 1.0 era. I used to be like, man, it really feels like LeBron steps into a lot of these like fourth quarter threes that are just way off in the first half. And he's really got to get to the basket or get to the free throw line in the first half. And and I always felt like in the games where... LeBron, you know, really didn't have it going from outside where the games when he would just dominate, you know, in transition and attacking the basket and vice versa. There were other games where they would kind of pack the paint and he couldn't get it going. He'd miss some free throws, but then he'd start sticking a bunch of threes. I don't think I don't think his his shot is consistent um, outside of the immediate basket area. I mean. No, his balance, his release, how high he jumps. I mean, we've seen him experiment with all these different free throw types. You remember the year in Miami where he was shooting, the Ray like Allen? Set, shooting like set shots from three, where he wasn't really jumping. Yeah, yeah. a little, a little bit. Oh no, I, I thought you were going to talk about where in the fuck in the second round of the playoffs, he just decides to shoot his free throws like Ray Allen for like two games. Yeah, shoots him pretty well. Then he's like, "Oh, that was fun." Not do that. Well, and then there was when he remember when he did the remember when he did the poop squat before his free throw. He did that for half a season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And now this this past two years, he's been doing the he steps back real far with one leg before he brings it back in. They say you're supposed to do that now. That's like the new thing is uh, staggering your feet on the free throws. Okay. 
But I, no, I yeah. just think he's a rhythm shooter. Um, yeah. He, yeah. You know, he's a complete player, but not a consistent shooter. No. I mean, no yeah, and thank God his shoot shot looks so much better this year. It, I mean, actually, it's it's kind of weird because the three-point percentage is back up. But it's a lot because he he's sticking great. with it. Like, last year when he would miss his first couple, he would just, like, go into the post and be like, screw you, jump shot. I never liked you anyways. But this year he'll be like, no, no. If he, like, has, like, a bad first half shooting, he'll, like, come out and, like, make sure that he makes a couple. And, like, yeah, yeah, but, I mean, he doesn't have just the abysmally atrocious like he's not hitting the side of the backboard like he was at times <laughs> last year. i mean he was bad a couple times last year and, and of course this season he's like his post-up game has like really gone off <laughs> it's gone downhill yeah so. he's like practicing the dream shake every single shot and well, no, he's, he's really he's good like, at it i think just, the most important thing for lebron honestly because i don't think his shots improved at all you know in, in general, parts of his game have definitely improved. Certain shots that he can take and make now he didn't have before, and some that he used to have he doesn't really have anymore. But I don't think it really gets into his head too much anymore no, when, he, when he misses shots. I think in the past, you know, especially against the Celtics and the Spurs, you know, he'd miss a few jumpers, and it was kind of this, like, oh, here we go again thing, where all oh, mm-hmm. teams are going to just sag off LeBron, and he can't make them pay. I, I, that was definitely most apparent against the um, the Mavericks in the finals where, I mean, Jason Kidd defended LeBron for crap. J.J. Barea defended LeBron. J.J. Barea defended that is That is right. I forgot about that. And it was, you know, it was comical. It was just like. I can't even, I, I can't even, because he would just be, he would just be like the undoubted third best player of all time behind MJ and Cream. If just against the Mavericks, yeah, yeah. Because when they bring up this like uh, double-digit scoring streak, this regular season, because he had eight points in Game Four of that, yeah, yeah, three points in a game that was decided by three points. Right, right, yeah. I mean, he totally, totally choked. And I don't see that. I I didn't see that the last couple years. Even when it looked like the Cavs were about to blow it and you know, all of hell was going to descend on LeBron and the media was going to, Oh no, yeah. no, since, uh, since they went down three, two against Boston, he's pretty much had, uh, had brass onions. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> if you've listened to the entire podcast up to this point, leave the comment brass onions and we'll know that people do actually listen to us for an hour and a half. Um, so MVP pick Tom, is that, so is this a personal MVP or MVP pick, or who the MVP is going to actually be? Uh, all right, give me a will be, should be. Okay, will be Russell Westbrook, should be LeBron James. All right. uh, Nate, flying over to you. It's a tough one. Uh, I'm going to say will be. Yeah, I'm going to say will be Russell Westbrook, should be uh, LeBron James. You know, uh, first of all, I don't know if this last couple games uh, were an aberration or not. LeBron always loves playing against MJ's team. Always, always, always. Uh, you know, he scored a 61 against them. He did, And that was, in last game was his first game where it seemed like he was like, 
hey, by the way, everyone, I'm the best player in the world. And I'm just here to remind everyone of that. Yeah. Like, it seemed like something was into him. He's always loved playing in Madison Square Garden, even before the whole posse thing. He loves playing in Madison Square Garden. He loves yeah, he's, put up some, he's put up some big games. At, he loves at playing there. And we know he, loves, he likes to play against Dwayne. He likes to play against his buddy. Yeah, um, and he likes to stick it to Miami. Yeah, although when I uh, I went to uh, when the Cavs came to Miami last year, mm-hmm. um, he he was not feeling it back yet. They got they got whooped. That's uh, true. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, uh, but but yeah. So I don't know if these are aberrations or not. If they're not, and if he can start searching back and get back to that twenty-seven points. And keep like the nine assists up there and keep the efficiency high. I think he can do it. Uh, for right now, if that uptick doesn't stay, right now, in terms of will be, it's hard to say it won't be Russ Westbrook. I don't, I am a big time efficiency guy. It's almost at a point where I have to admit my bias and like the idea of an MVP shooting 42.8%. And thirty-one point nine percent from three <laughs> is just like too horrifying for me. And turning the ball over six times a game, like I just can't do that. Like it's just I just physically like have a reaction. But clearly, Oklahoma City's so much better with him. He's leading the league in scoring. He's averaging a triple double. Like I think that's the current will be. Just the numbers are so forceful. And until very recently, my should be with actually Kevin Durant. Um. Yeah, like these last couple games, like he his true shooting is has fallen to sixty five percent. Like he is. Yeah, all, I don't. I don't think he'll win it just because. No, he, I don't think. I don't think there's a chance. Yeah, because when you've got when the third best player on your team is, they're going to win less games this year than they did before he came. Um, I mean, they're not going to win seventy four games. They're not going to win seventy three again. And the third best player on the team can score 60 points in three quarters. Like, no one wants to give that guy the MVP. But he is unstoppable in this Warriors offense. When when they can't load up on him, which they can't, and he's catching it on the move or with an open three-pointer or with a mismatch in the post, he is just like... He has an easier time making a basket than I do, like dropping a quarter in the parking meeting. <laughs> like it is ludicrous how unstoppable he is, and he's not. And he's rebounding the ball pretty well. Uh, he's passing it decently. He's not turning it over. And defensively, he's really uh, holding his own on that end. I would say he's well, better. Well, he has than, to. I mean, yeah, and like there was a play, uh, and I watched all of his games, but he's really holding his own. He's he's giving it. He is not uh, slacking off defensively. Like, so you're like, watching a lot of their games, right, John? Huh? You're watching a lot of their I games. I watch a good amount. Yeah, yeah. so he's was, spending I, a lot of time at the four, right? And, and the five. Like, Carl Anthony Towns tried posting up. He pushed him off the block and made him catch it at 20 feet. And Carl Anthony Towns had to try and get, like, this crazy fadeaway up over him, but he couldn't. Jeez. Like, he's a monster defensively. So... He was my should-be, but now he's fallen off a little bit, and when you have that wealth of riches around you. Um, so I, I'm i waiting to see how it shakes out. I think Harden is still in there. I think LeBron, if he continues, 
if LeBron continues the uptick, which I'm not sure he will because of the age and uh, what do you have to play for and it's the playoff thing, uh, I just think LeBron sort of – I think we're going to get 80% of LeBron, and I think that's going to lose out to 100% of either Harden or Westbrook. That's that's where my gut is t- taking me. No, no love for Kawhi? No, no love for Kawhi. Uh, it, look, I got a lot of love for Kawhi. He's a bad motherfucker. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's a bad dude. But th- at the end of the day, like, it's, he's just not going to blow anyone away in that MVP way. Yeah. Um, with Duncan gone, they're not a dominant defensive team like they were, which takes a little. I just feel like they the- don't have enough pieces to be as elite as the Warriors. So they're not going to get in the conversation out west. No, they're not going to be. They're not going to be the best record. His numbers are twenty-five, three assists, six rebounds. Like there's nothing that like jumps out. Especially, look, you've got when you've got a guy leading the league and scoring and averaging a triple double, James Harden running the third or fourth best offense in the league, doing all of the goddamn things. Oh yeah, there's James uh, Harden too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, Harden's right up there for me. Kevin Durant and Steph Curry just doing all the things and just scoring unstoppably. LeBron James continuing to be himself on the best uh, team in the East. Like, Kawhi just doesn't jump at you enough, I don't think. I'll agree with you. Which is not his way. No, and and yet, out of that conversation, I'd much rather have Kawhi than, you know, James Harden or Russell Westbrook. So, Then Russell Westbrook, yes. Uh, yeah, and probably than James Harden. Depends on your team. Well, but, exactly, yeah, in a vacuum. In a vacuum, yeah. Kawhi just fits with any team. What, you need him to spot up and hit threes and play defense? Yeah, he does that. And he's worked with Kobe. It's crazy. Like It's like the dream shake, but like like how he added a move to it every year, but like with his entire game. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you're a defender. Like Let's add a spot-up shot. Okay, let's add a mid-range shot. Let's add ball handling. And it's just like one thing every year. No, his his per year progression is ridiculous. Like he and it's just so linear. Like it's not yeah. like a breakout thing. It's like let's add one thing. No, he's one literally thing. average adding like three to four points to his per game average every single season. So he started out yeah. at seven to not seven point nine in two thousand twelve, and now he's up to twenty four point seven. <laughs> it's yeah. just ridiculous. It's, yeah, like you're normally like someone's like it's like a breakout season. Like I wouldn't say he's had like one like breakout season. It's like no, boom, boom. All right, you're a defender. Now you will also be a spot up shooter, and now you will have a turnaround, and now you will be okay on the pick. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Now we will put, make you the ball handler and pick and roll. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, uh, I think you worked out Kobe this last summer. That was the story. Oh, good. For uh, all right, I'm done. What do you guys have? <laughs> okay, I'll be done in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you whispering to there, Tom? Oh, my wife. I, you can hear me. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, can definitely it was really hear. Really funny. We all got <laughs> quiet at the time, and you. Like, yeah, I thought, oh. I thought you were like, yeah. Tom, Tom with a little pillow talk there. I see dead people. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, uh, so my thing. So, somebody on the uh, blog had a great question the other day. Um, if you could trade love for uh, Anthony Davis, Carl Anthony Towns, or Kristaps Porzingis straight up, would you do it? Everyone except for Kristaps, yes. 
See, mine is I would only do it for Kristaps. Wow. You wouldn't do it for uh, Towns, huh? Towns is close. I'd have to. I don't get to watch enough of their games. I mean, Towns is very, very good. I want to. I, I need to. Dead watch last in defense. He's dead last in defensive plus minus right now. That's, that's the problem. That's the problem. He's not a great defender. Yeah, I think. I, I think mean, Kevin Love everyone. right now is a better defender. John, I think uh, everyone Tom? on that uh, Minnesota team we've overrated a little bit. Well, I think I think people were expecting to, but I tweeted this the other day. But I think the thing is that when Thibodeau came in with the Celtics and then with the Bulls, he had that soft zone, that semi-zone, whatever you want to call it, this defensive scheme that the entire NBA has now spent the last eight years copying. Like when the Heat weren't bringing the weak side defender when LeBron was in the post, like it was so weird to see, right? Yeah. Like it was bizarre because everyone has copied Thibodeau's defensive scheme. So when he comes into a team with offensive talent like Minnesota, everyone's expecting, like, oh, he'll turn it around completely defensively. Turns out he's having he's going to have some trouble doing that because his schemes aren't new anymore. Right, it's and like enti- the entire like league has been built to counter guys. those schemes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and also they're just not very good at defense right now. And I don't know what it is. I think they need new. I I think they need to shake it up at point guard a little bit. Uh, yeah, no. I mean, it would be nice to have a point guard who doesn't shoot thirty two percent or whatever. Ricky yeah, Rubio and and I actually love uh, Rubio, but that is not the right team for him. Yeah, I mean, I've tried. I've tried to stay with Rubio, but you you just can't play thirty minutes in this league shooting thirty six percent, twenty two percent. I mean, there's so many things. It's so fun to watch him. He's such a wizard in the pick and roll. He's a great defender. He does all these things. But he can't put the ball in the basket. And that's a problem at some point. That <laughs> is a problem. I mean, that's the team that puts the, the ball in the basket the most wins. It's yeah, a very true. important part of the game. That's true. So, um, so I would only take the zinger. I think the zinger... Uh, is is going to be the best player out of that group, and he, he may, should be. it may have to be after Carmelo Anthony retires, and after Phil Jackson is no longer GM of the Knicks. But uh, but yeah, I think he's going to be the best guy out of that group. He should be on Philadelphia. They deserve it. Oh. They should just they should just allow for time machine trades for Jalil Okafor <laughs> for Kristaps for Porzingis, so we can Man. just get like Joel Embiid, Kristaps Porzingis. Yeah, who would have thought? Did the uh, did the Seventy Sixers have as many wins as the Timberwolves right now? They might. I don't know this, and the Seventy Sixers have the unprotected Lakers pick, but it looks like that pick's not going to be that bad. No, it'll probably be like a ten or eleven. Yeah, no, they should be able to be able to just like get Lonzo Ball and put him with Ben Simmons. Yeah, so like they're feet. both six and eighteen, or yeah. Tied with Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. No. Sorry. Go ahead, John. No, I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> so the other one I had was, so we're kind of separating the wheat from the chaff a little bit. We've got the good teams, and we got the teams that are clearly not going to be good. Uh, you know, Washington, Miami, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, uh, the Kings, the Nuggets. 
the Pelicans, the Suns, the T Wolves, the Mavericks, and yeah, probably Orlando. Yeah, so some of those teams are going to start having fire sales. Uh, the Washington Wizards are the one that I think right now is like most ripe to be blown up. Uh, I, out of some of those teams, is there anyone that you would want on the Cavs? That I don't well, that enter- help. I don't. I don't entertain teams that would take like an actual trade to get because, like I said, we have no trade assets. Well, they do. Right. Have, it would have to. Who wants to? Jordan McRae. Like well, Seti Osman what? is would be a lottery pick this year. So there is that. I I don't want to trade him. I think he's going to be freaking awesome. But he he would be a top ten pick this year. So that they do have that. All right, let's keep him then. <laughs> well, I agree with you, but <laughs> um, you know, and the the one I kind of said was was would you do Utah for a first rounder and Jeff Withy and Neto? And I'm like, would that really move the Neto needle that much? <laughs> Neto move the Neto. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. I mean, so you guys, you want no part of the 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 trash heap. Uh, Martin Chalmers would interest me if they looked at him uh, physically and were like, "Okay, it's worth a shot." Um, I would be, I would be, I would be intrigued by that. But obviously, look, a doctor would. I need a doctor. <laughs> um, Medic. Yeah, you know, I, I would need a doctor to really make a judgment call on that because it's an Achilles. Okay. Uh, deal, Tom. But I mean, I, if I'm thinking trash heap, I'm thinking trash heap. Like I'm, I'm not thinking of guys who are like actually employed by the NBA. I would, I would have been interested in RJ Hunter. Um, just taking a flyer there. Uh, the kid obviously has no idea really how to play. Yeah, um, cut by the Celtics. Yeah, yeah, cut by the Celtics. The Celtics him. had like all the players. They had to cut like one of their guys. And he was drafted as a shooter after shooting 40%, 30%. But uh, the kid can really shoot it. It's like Yuri Welsh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've I've heard he just don't just not even, very good. That's, <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to bring back yeah. painful memories. Yeah, it's, it's all bad. Uh, what about you? know you're, you're listening back off the trash heap? Uh, I mean, I'm every year I'm looking at the Suns. Like, is there any guy on there we could get? I don't know, PJ Tucker. PJ Tucker, know. yeah, I thought I thought about that one. I mean, I next wanted... Leon Poe. <laughs> yes, who's the next Leon Poe? Yeah. PJ Tucker is the next Leon Poe. Is he? <laughs> yeah, give us all of your short, fat power forwards. <laughs> Leon Poe's free throw rate was redonkulous. It was like his free throw. It was like sixty percent or something like that. Okay, Leon Poe about this guy all the time. You and LeBron are the same size, and you are a monster in the post. Like, teach, and you're Leon Poe. Like, LeBron, yeah. if you could play the post as well as Leon fucking Poe, <laughs> you know how unstoppable you'd be? Yeah, Leon Poe, man, was like, he had like one 
move too, <laughs> but it was yeah he he was like the power forward version of Corey Maggette. That's what Leon Poe was. <laughs> yeah, didn't he like he he like won one of those finals games like single handedly? Oh, right? Okay. Yes. Oh yes. And he went to the line like twenty times. He had a PER of like twenty two or something, and the Celtics had him for you know chump change. Yeah, it was him and him and like Ike Diogu were like uh, bringing the Pac ten oh, short geez. fat power. Of course, the guy that killed the Cavs in Game 7 was P.J. Brown. Remember that? Oh, God, I remember that. Those freaking line drive jumpers. Yeah, and the uh, there was the Rajon Rondo air ball that the Cavs played phenomenal defense for like 20 seconds, and Rondo airballed a floater, and it was only because it was an air ball that no Cavalier was in position to collect it, and there was P.J. Brown just hanging out, just grabbed it and popped it in. With like a minute and a half. 2010 uh, was not the Cavs' year. That was 2008 that I'm referring to. That's the oh, year. Oh, that's right. That's when the that's when the Celtics won the title. Yeah, with, and that was the Cavs had to do with Fat Andy because of the holdout. <laughs> yeah, Verja was like trash that year. Uh, that and was Pavlovich like had to go back to his home planet. Yeah, <laughs> after his holdout. Poor yeah, the no, holdout if was... Barishow had like showed up in shape instead of holding out, they could have beaten that team. And that was a close game too. That was a duel. Well, they outscored and... them for the series. So yeah. let's not let's not uh, overlook that <laughs> fact on Jr. Either is the holdout is is never good for guys because you can't practice, you can't play, you don't. You, the last thing you can do is get hurt. So you kind of pretty much do nothing, and it kind of kills you at the beginning of the the next season so if you're a hundred and or an hour and 44 minutes into the podcast you you've discovered this gem about jr smith that i just laid on you oh, i think i think <laughs> oh, i brought it up earlier that i hope it's a uh, holdout flash injury thing yeah exactly exactly uh i brought that up literally yesterday because it's now twelve twenty on tuesday I, let's be honest jr spent half of the summer not wearing a shirt and I the think other half partied, of the summer at Tribe Games. I think he partied pretty hard, and he's just... I just don't think he's, you know, maybe put the same emphasis in the offseason he did last year. Yeah. I actually, that's that's I, been Jared for almost his I'm whole career. I'm hoping that, the clutch guy, that him being around LeBron so much is actually a good influence on him. And uh, LeBron being like... I bet it yeah, is. Dude, like, I want to get back there, and we need you to, like, not be stupid. Uh, that's what I'm hoping, but I know you want to talk about Wiggins. I think, and the Wiggins love trade and sort of uh, take a victory lap on that. I think he'd be a different player if he was with the Cavaliers. I I was, I was not, I don't remember if I actually said what the Cavs should or shouldn't have done, but there were many times over the last two years where I just thought to myself, man, only we had Wiggins. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, wow, I've, really much rather have Kevin Love than Andrew Wiggins right now. Yeah. Well, I was I was hoping that they would be able to play hardball a little bit. Yeah, that was my it, was take. it was scary defensively because it was like, okay, the team is going to be Kyrie, bad defender, J.R. Shump, who J.R. was a bad defender. No, you remember time. when they made the deal, though, they didn't have J.R. and Shump. I forget. Yeah, I forgot that even. So I, who was their shooting guard when they made that deal? Deion Waiters. Waiters, terrible <laughs> defender. Yeah, um, terrible shooter. LeBron, 
Uh, only a good defender in the playoffs. Love, bad defender. And Thompson, not a great defender. And it was like, how does this... And this is the team. Like, you don't have... This is your last move. And it's like, does this team defend well enough to win a championship? And if it doesn't, like, what's, what do you do? Uh, it was scary. And I wish that the Cavs... I had wished that the Cavs were able to play hardball enough, but Anthony, I, Anthony Bennett was not going to get them anything. Yeah, that really hurt. Um, and the Bulls came in with a pretty good package. It was like McDermott, Taj Gibson, uh, who doesn't always play like he does against the Cavs, but he's a good player. Yeah. And then he like some other good players. The like a good package. Uh, yeah, that they and, offer. and you know, you can say a lot about not having Anthony Bennett, but if Bennett had been any good, they wouldn't have got Andrew Wiggins in the draft. So yeah, it wouldn't that, have stunk yeah. that bad. But, uh, weren't they like the eighth worst team in the league or something? I think it was like a kind of a miracle they got that pick. Well, they tried everything to be good that year. I mean, the Lou Aldang yeah, signing, Lou Aldang. Spencer Hawes. I mean, they they just <laughs> they did everything. They did everything they could to win more games. Yeah. And it just... Oh. They got Luol, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a disaster. And Tom, you should correctly refer to him as Spencer As Hawes, American Patriot. American Patriot. I know. So. Um, How could I forget? Speaking of bad ear, people like figured out that he's like a like like a, a quasi alt right guy. Like he follows like Brady Bart and was like asking questions about Pizzagate and stuff like that. Have you guys been following this story? Oh, Wait, just, which one is that for Bogut or for? Are you oh, talking Bogut? Or are you talking Bogut? Oh yeah, Bogut. Yeah, yeah. And, and so he's like he's like sounds like giving crap about it on Twitter, and he's like. Whatever, I don't care about you social justice warriors. And someone just tweets back, and I'm like, you know, social justice warriors never blew a 3-1 lead in the NBA Finals. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad when, you, when you've when you eclipsed Spencer Hawes as the, uh, you know, alt-right guy in the NBA. So I don't even know. I mean, he's Australian. <laughs> well, uh, Tom and John, this uh, podcast is getting a little long in the tooth. So, yeah, it's getting very long in the season. Tom's wife is clearly waiting for it. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, the Tom Pestek CB podcast, so uh, we should probably wrap it up. So any, any party We should thoughts? definitely wrap it we can, we cannot have podcasts go this long. <laughs> no. Tom, parting thought. Are we just, are we just lonely? <laughs> it's just fun to talk. Yeah, we're, we're lonely. That's it. <laughs> I can't. Yeah. Um, well, I know thoughts. Tom and I are See. just surrounded by women all day. So, all right. Here's my final thought. <laughs> anyone out? Anyone out there that um, has heard me talk about Rocket League before? <laughs> the, the greatest one versus one Rocket League match of all time happened this past week. So just go to YouTube and search best. Rocket League 1v1 ever. You'll see it got uploaded like in the last week and just watch that. That that high level play is is absolutely absurd. It it just if you knew how hard that was. Um I was watching it and I was just blown away. So if you if you want to see what the hype's all about, just go watch. It's like 10 minutes long. It's just one game. It's insane. Okay.
Jeff. I don't want to follow that. <laughs> How do you top that? Can't top that. Uh, I I got nothing uh, save to say. Uh, hope uh, hope all our listeners have a, a very very happy holiday season. Uh, if we if we don't get back with you, that uh, it, it's been a absolute pleasure uh, to uh, to be your source of uh, Cavs inspiration week in and week out, and it's been a heck of a 2016. While you know a lot of people hate 2016 nationally, it's been a heck of a year to be a Cavs fan. So it's been a lot of fun. I agree. Yeah, that's yeah. in 2016. The Cavs came back from a one-three deficit to win the NBA Finals. Other yeah. things also happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah. And as uh, always, go Cavs. Yeah. Go Cavs. Yeah, go Cavs. Thank you for listening to Cavs the Blogs Podcast. Check back soon for some more fun with your favorite blogger. There's a fire. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.